0: dude tyler what's going on man hey hello hello how you doing dude welcome to the wolfpack podcast
1: thank you thank you i'm doing well how are you this afternoon
0: good if i can just show you the sausage factory uh, uh i've never recorded <laughs> i've never rec- i don't record podcasts this way ever so we'll see if it works that's how the sausage is made that's what it looks like behind the curtain
1: Okay, it looks like a little purple circle and it says Tyler Wolf Host Connected.
0: Yeah. It says Michael Carl connected. So I think we're good. Yes, sir. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well, dude. I just got back from I just got back from a class and it's gorgeous weather uh here in Nashville. How are how how is it up there?
0: It's good, man. It's a little cold, a little rainy, but it's good because it's that first first like um we're in the honeymoon with with autumn i mean you grew up up here so you know but it's Mm -hmm. like this is gonna suck in three months you know we'll be sick Mm -hmm. of it but right Mm -hmm. now it's all it's just cozy
1: yeah yeah that's a it's a really great in the midwest i mean that's definitely one of my favorite times of the year and one of the coolest times i feel like in in any like weather environment is is autumn in the midwest for sure
0: yeah a hundred percent now you have already been on the show but life has changed so if I I'm going to bring people up to speed on your life and then you correct me if I'm wrong last time you were on the show you lived in Janesville now you and your wife your amazing wife cameo have moved to um Nashville Tennessee yes you're at Vanderbilt University pursuing a master's degree and you're a fiction author correct
1: this is correct. And I'm glad you cleared this up because I'm assuming a lot of the listeners need to know this.
0: Well, the reason um, I the reason I rushed through it is because as I, want, I want to hear all about that, if that's what you want to talk about. But the mm-hmm. number one thing that made me go, we got to get Mike on the show is because you just did an incredibly hard thing. But t- give us an update on life. What else is new? What's going on in Nashville?
1: Okay, thank you. You're so sweet. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Um, I the only time I think I've been on a podcast is when Brandon and I did ours for just a little bit, and we didn't. Well, I guess we had guests, but um, yeah. So this isn't a medium I'm used to talking in, so it's an interesting experience. Um, my how, how's my life? Yeah. Um, thanks for like introducing what I'm doing. I'm yes, I'm going to Vanderbilt right now for an MFA in creative writing and I'm writing fiction and so I'm in my second year and to tie both of those things together with the writing and the running um, you know as I told you on our little trip I started going to therapy really for the first time as an adult in January and that's really transformed my relationship with running I grew up in an athletic environment as you know a very competitive athletic environment and so how i formulated like self-talk and how i felt about myself like when i was young and how that you know permeated throughout you know my adulthood has really changed a lot over this past year
0: yeah and
1: um and so you know as we were talking a little bit on the when we went to furnace fest together like you know i've just learned that i can you know, simultaneously, like be kind to myself, be supportive and also, um, push myself to certain like physical and creative limits, you know? yeah. And that's like a different, that's like a different feeling. It's like a lot different to be like, I better do this or else, you know, this is my self-worth or it's like, Oh, let's see what I can do. You know?
0: Yeah. I feel a little
1: more rooted in my self-worth. Let's see what I can do. So, um, you know, so that's kind of guided some of the tenants of or I'm trying to allow that to guide some of the tenants of my fiction writing right now. And then yeah, it's it that definitely I tried to think about that a lot when I was on the 50 miler. But if I'm being honest, um, <laughs> I was not able to, like, exercise my therapy as much as I would have liked because of how draining it became, for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm just kind of connecting some dots in my own world with what you're saying. Cause I read something online. I want to say that was, it was like the way you speak to your kids will become the sound of their inner voice. Mm. And that seems to, and again, I don't even know how true that is. Being a dad is so hard, dude, especially when you're like a degenerate like me, like you just want to do a good job, but you're impatient and you're mean. Ah, it's, ah, it's a wild ride, dude. But,
1: you're very far from a degenerate,
0: <laughs>
1: but I appreciate dude, the self-deprecation. Maybe, perhaps, at one point we could have called ourselves that, but you are—you're a great dude. Thanks, man. Thanks,
0: man. Yeah. Now, yeah. do you feel like that that's true for you, though, as far as your inner voice goes, especially in athletics?
1: Oh, entirely. You know, it, it, it was so funny. Like as I started working on things in therapy, you know, and you know, my father, who will uh, likely never listen to this um I I don't mind um he you know he was pretty he was ruthless how he talked to me when I was younger you know and I know he was probably doing his best and blah blah blah. all the all the redemptive grace-filled comments insert here you know um I don't like condemn my father and I've forgiven him a lot but (laughs) it doesn't excuse the fact that like yeah he he was relentless with me when I was younger and so it was just funny when I got into therapy And, you know, we started exposing how I felt about myself and the things I said. I mean, dude, it was like an echo. It was like almost an exact echo of the things he used to say. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, you know, it's crazy. Like, you know, when I'm having a hard time, you know, I was having these like mild panic attacks when I was on vacation because it was entirely like impossible for me to... Uh, just relax and have a good time without it having to do with anything with productivity.
0: Yeah. you know. And then how
1: I was talked to when I was younger, it was like, you take advantage of this life that you're given and you express gratitude through hard work and productivity. You know, that's how you take advantage of this life, you know? Yeah. Um, and which, you know, so many things can exist at the same time. It doesn't have to be exclusive, but I didn't know you could feel both that way and you could be like, but I can also go on vacation, and that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. And that, and then you also take your your likely propensity to go all or nothing, and that sort of balance becomes hard.
1: Yeah, and with, you know, when I came here to Vanderbilt, like the big thing for anyone listening, the program that I'm in, and most of the programs that I applied to, there's like hundreds of applicants, and they're only for like a few spots. Like Vanderbilt, we get – I know this is a brag, but whatever, I'm okay with it. There's like around 400 applicants each year to this fiction program specifically. And they only accept three people. Wow. And so in the, like the money you get and stuff, it's not like a lot of money, but for MFAs, like we have one of the largest stipends. So like it gives you time to read and write, blah, blah. blah. And so like when I got into Vanderbilt, like it was really a dream come true. I did not think I would get in. And um, I kind of told myself, well this is it you know you'll you'll be so like who cares if you're the worst writer at the school and if you don't go anywhere with your writing like you're just gonna have a great three years and man it wasn't like more like it was like probably the first maybe second week I was here where it was like okay now you got to keep going got to keep going and that kind of like always need to improve mentality paired with self-condemnation yeah it just burnt me out by January I mean that's why I went to therapy I was I I didn't know how to operate um And so now learning how to push myself while also taking care of myself has been a blast.
0: Oh, that's so cool, man. Um, And that led you to run this race. So while we transition, and I apologize for, um, for probably, I'll end up having this conversation go way shorter than I actually want to, but it'll be as long as I'm able to which would be about That's fine. four o'clock. So to transition, I want to share with, I want to, I'm really, really embarrassed to share this, but I was going through my, my notes on my phone in my folder of lyric ideas for songs. So I go, I can't write a full song to save my life right now. I just finished one, but before that it had been like 12 months, but every time I get a little idea, I write it down and I go, when the day comes, then I just return to my capacity to, to buckle down and write. Uh, I'll have these seeds. And so I found a note in my phone that said song about running marathons. So I clearly was talking to future me. Here's what I meant when I wrote this. And Mm -hmm. it's so embarrassing. But here's what I wrote. Mm -hmm. You're a pain. You're a thing of my past. But I know that you might be back. And that's all I had. And it feels kind of cringy. But I was like, that is actually exactly how I feel about Mm -hmm. marathons you ran a 50 mile race I did what was it called
1: Uh, it was called pilot mountain to hanging rock (laughs) ultra sorry pilot mountain to hanging rock ultra and those are pilot mountain is like a 2500 foot mountain small mountain in North Carolina and then hanging rock is like 2300 feet Um, it's like a it's like a massive you know like it like it sounds like it looks like a hanging rock formation
0: yeah so most people are never going to do that um so the morning of okay so you train how long was your training camp for this
1: i probably had like a three to four month training cycle for this
0: all right so you've been looking forward to it forever working really hard on it for three to four months you Mm -hmm. did the tapering which for people who don't run is where you start to kind of take it a little bit easier and reduce your mileage and intensity in the couple weeks leading up to it you wake up what was the date of the race
1: Mm-hmm. The day of the race was a Saturday. What um, oh, was so the here. date? Here. And and oh, oh, the date. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, you so. Okay, let's see. What do we got here? It was. Was it September 30th? It was September 30th, which, which, if I didn't clarify earlier, was a Saturday.
0: Nice. You <laughs> yeah. wake up September 30th, dude. Mm-hmm. What what do you what are you thinking? What are you feeling?
1: um I actually got some sleep, so I got almost six hours of sleep, which is uh, like a lot compared to other marathon nights when I'm just excited. I usually only yeah. get three to four hours of sleep, so that was great. And I was just conscious of keeping my thoughts like out cut, like out of my head as much as possible and focusing on just like. I, I laid everything out the night before, so all I had to do was, like, grab my pack and all the bags I had packed, put them in the car, and Kimmy you know, Kim and I had just had to drive. And so, you know, keeping my heartbeat and my breathing just kind of down to just trying trying to stay
0: chill. Wow, dude. Incredible. So, what'd you eat? Uh, I ate oatmeal. I ate um, oatmeal with
1: peanut butter and then a banana. Um, and that's all I had in, in the morning of. And then I had pasta the night before.
0: Dude. Okay. So I want to interject a story in it. Um, I apologize to everyone cause I'm going to make this about me for a second, but I really <laughs> want to tell you, Michael, about this. I may have already said this, but the day I ran my first marathon, which was literally like half as long as your ultra marathon, um, <laughs> um, my parents came up to spectate and they stayed the night at my house and we were sitting in the driveway and they were going to follow us like the 30 minutes to where the race was. And it was like five in the morning and my dad got out of the car. And so this is hours before I would run the marathon. And, uh, I could tell he wanted me to get out of the car too. So I got out of my car and I walk up to him and he gave me a hug. And he said, I'm really proud of you, Tyler. Um, and then I got in the car and I told my wife about it, dude. And I wept.
1: <laughs> That's so beautiful, man.
0: And I thought to myself, this is why I'm running the marathon. I have set up an initi. I mean, and I was like 26 <laughs> at the time or 24 maybe. But I had set – it all became so clear to me. I was like, oh, I set up an initiation into manhood for myself. Um, mm. And I just got w- what I – was looking for before I even ran the race.
1: (laughs) Dude, that's so great.
0: I was like, oh, I just was trying to make my dad proud. That's the only reason I was doing any of this. And of course, there's a million other micro reasons, but. um... (laughs) Well, that's so great
1: that you, I mean, that's honestly kind of like a cool parable, like about marathon running, because I feel like whatever you start the race with is what you're going to finish with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think
1: that's, that's like a possible like spiritual trap of marathon running is like, even if you have a great performance and even if you PR and stuff like that, that like buzz only lingers for a short period of time. Yeah. So I think, and that's probably to me, that's just kind of one of my, I guess, thoughts on life in general. So I think the fact that you had that feeling of fulfillment or whatever, uh, I think that's beautiful, man.
0: I dude, I am so lucky to have had that experience because I know not everybody does. So yeah. Hell um, yeah. All right, man. Tell me about the race. Uh, I was following okay. you along every step of the way via the, the digital tracker or whatever. And it freaked me out because your update stopped at mile 46. I was like, did he just break a femur or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause that, that happened. Cause I didn't know how to turn the app off. It was, it was really difficult and I had just, I had finished. And so that's the whole thing. But, um, yeah, the race, man, um, you know, uh, thanks for, uh, it's very sweet for you to want to have me on your podcast and ask me about it. So I'll get that out of the way. And, um, you know, the race went, I think as good as it possibly could have went. Good. Um, it was, um, I felt like I was kind of cruising. Um, well, I'll just tell this, I'll just cruise through it. It opened multiple things went wrong in the beginning. Okay. okay? uh i out of all the things that i left at home i left my headlamp so you need to start with a headlamp because it was dark for nearly the first hour and a half of the race um however i let the race directors know and they had someone bring me an extra one so i put it on made sure it like worked or whatever during the day that morning i turned the thing on and like yeah that the bulb like was on but it like didn't work so we start the race and i'm like dude i don't have a headlamp so then i have to like follow directly behind someone Uh, who has a headlamp and then the race split off into like kind of like two packs and one was going really slow and one was going faster than I wanted to. And so I went with the faster one. And so the first six miles of the race, I'm without a headlamp. It was a little challenging Uh, three miles in. I like, miss because I was following someone like I missed this rock as we're jumping over a stream and I got my left foot soaked which like staying dry is yeah you know a goal when you're running so multiple things went wrong but I was like ready for that you know because I'm in a spot with like my ultra running where you just kind of like I train like that too you know like sometimes you got to train and like when it's raining or when you have a stomach ache or like when you have a bad attitude like you just have to expect things to go wrong and that that's because that's what's going to happen so yeah um but however by like 10 miles um i was having a hard time kind of feeling i was like having expectations that was going to be a certain experience you know i'm like i've done all this work in therapy i've done all this work on myself like i i kind of had this image that it was just going to be this very like gratifying experience all the way through and the truth of it is is 10 miles in, I was feeling scared. My legs were feeling a little heavy. I was like, I don't know if, you know, all those thoughts. And so I battled through it. And then when I reached like the 20 mile mark, I was feeling pretty solid, but just as a strategy, I was like, I need to slow my pace down cause I don't know if I can do this, you know? So um, from 20 to 30, I, I, I took it slow. Um, I won't get into some of the mental battles, but basically when I was running in the twenties and when I was running in the thirties and when I was running the 40 miles, there were a distinct two to three mile stretch during each one where i thought i don't think i can do this Um, really
0: and like you really believed it
1: yeah like i really believed it It was really scary you know almost made me like kind of like want to cry because like i knew people were tracking me and like it was it was a goal i really wanted to accomplish and i was just like almost got disappointed in myself and that's when like the therapy and the self growth kicked in man yeah and You know, I had asked you the night before and you said some great things, you know, and one of the things is you're like, hey, man, you can it's going to feel like you can't put your left foot in front of your right and so on and so forth. But you can, you know, Um, because I had asked you what your Ironman was like, because you were out there for so many hours. And um, and so, man, I was just able to tell myself, I was like, Michael, you just you just you just take your time. Yeah, you just keep going, buddy. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're going to be out (laughs) here for a while and you just keep going man. and and i did and it was funny because when i got to 33 miles i was feeling really exhausted and i i I took a seat at an aid station for like 90 seconds and they take your bib number at each aid station and i asked the guy i said hey man um do you have any idea how many like you know 50 milers are ahead of me is it like 20 is it 40 and he's like oh no and he like looked at his list he's like you're in either like seventh or eighth place <laughs> and, and I was like, "Oh, so I was like, dude you can't quit if you're like, you know what I mean like, right you you gotta you gotta keep going so but um, and uh man, um, when I hit forty five miles, it was the first moment where I thought, oh my gosh i'm Mark I'm gonna complete this, and uh, yeah, man, it was just wild seeing on my watch, like running for six hours, running for seven hours, running for eight, and uh, I finished it, and uh. I can like viscerally feel the the feeling of finishing still now and it's I'm really proud of it and it was so great man it was so great
0: that's unbelievable dude ah mm-hmm. I love hearing the story and I love that we're recording it cuz now we have it but then most of all I mean I don't mean to uh, assume anything but if I were in this recording I'm glad you're going to have this to go back and listen to uh, oh thank you man that's you, so man. cool dude um yeah so what you yeah. what uh you're a big food person and food is really important to you it's i've learned mm-hmm. over the years especially like a good breakfast
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: what did you eat that night dude?
1: dude dude uh so we were in kind of around nothing but like some small towns in north carolina small like
0: forested
1: mountainy little town oh my gosh um, I didn't
0: know you were in North Carolina
1: yeah 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 so like the oh, I literally had Chick-fil-a okay um uh, because I it was like on the way home and I just wanted to get something on the way um because when I got home I knew I just wanted to shower and chill but the next day was the party food day oh I bet you know I, I you, you know I got that cold first <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so that that was a celebration meal
0: oh really I love it dude that's so cool and yeah, were, did, were was the net could you feel your need for food in your body or was it like a uh, mostly mental celebration the next day
1: yeah mostly just like mental celebration okay. yeah my body my body um i'm really lucky man I, my body felt great like as great as it could during the race and after it was just like the the general fatigue in the body uh it was a new level of fatigue i've never felt before yeah um but like it never felt like i never felt like i was without nutrition or hydration and then same thing the next day like i felt a wall of fatigue and need to get some rest but um my body responded super well and i was really happy about that
0: it's so awesome dude so awesome. yeah man yeah dude all right. So, so I don't want to get letting that, I mean, we I got to go here soon, but I don't want to let an episode mm-hmm. go by without uh, touching on the theme of the show because the Wolfpack Podcast is a show where if you have something smart to say, somebody probably already said it better. So we recommend mm-hmm. resources because so much of our conversation, especially you and I over the years, has been hey, I heard mm-hmm. this band. Have you heard them? Or I heard this song. I got to show it to you. Um, mm-hmm. so that's the theme of the show. What it, it if I can kind of pigeonhole you, um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Good>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh what is a book that you've read in the last year at Vandy that uh you really think people should should read?
1: Oh man.
0: Um and okay. which part of the Twilight trilogy is it? <laughs> <laughs> <It's a> follow-up <laughs> question, quick follow-up
1: shout out shout out to all the twilight fans that listen to this podcast we are twilight we are pro twilight um (laughs) to clear that up Um, man this is this is a bit of a niche one but um i'm trying to think of something that's like more accessible not like not like accessible like intellectually but just like taste wise for like a a wide audience um but i will say (laughs) so i'm just gonna go for it there's this author named benjamin Labatut, um, to us American it just looks like benjamin labatut l a b a t u t and two years ago he wrote this book called "When We Cease to Understand the world." okay and then this year, just uh last week, his new book "The Maniac was released, and for anyone who was interested in like the Oppenheimer film or you know that period of like early 20th century mathematics and physics and how that just started affecting not only like our political um you know uh status like globally but like technology um i won't go into it but man this book that he was released last week is kind of groundbreaking because he looks at scientists it's called fact fiction and he just talks starts talking about science in the early twenty late nineteenth, early twentieth century, And basically, not to spoil anything for anyone, but he follows it along, and we start seeing how like AI um, starts emerging from you know mathematics and physics and the concept of AI. And it's just like really, really interesting. And as an author, he's just doing something really interesting in the field right now where he's taking like real people and real events but he's threading them together with kind of like some fiction, but it's just, it's just kind of wild. So Benjamin Labatut is uh, great. And um, yeah, I think uh, I, would, I would say that and I, I can't uh, also, and then I have one of my mentors, her name is Megan O'Giblin. She writes a column for Wired magazine oh, called, nice. Clouds, called Cloud Support. And it's pretty profound. It's just like a five to ten minute read, and each month you can access it online. Go on Wired. You should hopefully get a couple free reads. Um, someone like asks her a question, like um, you know, let's see the most recent um, issue. I have it here in front of me. Let's see what they ask. Cloud support, stand by. Um, cloud support, page twenty. So it's, um, you know, while looking through my parents' old photo albums, I noticed that they had lots of pictures of friends gathered together. It made me think about the camera roll on my phone, which is full of screenshots and selfies. Why don't I take pictures with my friends? And then, um, and then she responds to it.
0: So. Oh, interesting. Really That's great. like a submission.
1: Yeah. So, like, so they they just they just generate questions. It's either it's either fan based or like self generated. I think it's probably fan base, but um, it's just great. And then she responds.
0: Oh, dude, that that so. sounds incredible, man. Mm-hmm. Would you send me a link so I can put it in the description of the show?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if anyone's interested in her writing, she's kind of at the vanguard right now. For like, she writes about kind of how spirituality and technology, like the intersection of of those, um, you know, philosophies, and it's it's really great.
0: Love it, dude. I love it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of spirituality, I noticed that you um, were ready to quit at mile 33. Thank God Jesus was not ready to quit at age
1: 33. (laughs) Oh my God. Shout out. Yo, shout out. Um, Yeah, man. (laughs) And um, I won't... yeah, I just, I just, I, I won't want to thank you too much, but I'll just thank you one last time. It's very sweet of you to, to have me on. And for anyone who's listening, uh, Tyler and I go way back. Uh, he's a lovely person. And yep. um, the fact that he's at where he's at today, if anyone saw us 15 years ago yep. and someone would have said we would be where we're at today, um, it, it would have seemed impossible. So I'm just so grateful, man, we're at where we're at.
0: Yeah, thanks for saying that man. I love you so much. This was easy, dude. We can do this. We can do this more often, especially if this worked.
1: Yeah. I will cuz I want to ask you questions and I know it's I think maybe if there's a, you know, whatever, monthly or bi-monthly segment, I think it's I think it's great when the podcast interviewer showcases the person that they're interviewing. You know, that's I know that's an important practice, but I would love to ask you questions, talk to you about this podcasting process and what it's been like for you. And I think that'd be great, man. So if you want to do something different, um, I can, um, you know, drill you with, with questions.
0: I'd love it, man. I'd love it. All right, dude. dude. I love you so much. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Love you too, Tyler. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.